0: Your Questions and My Answers, hence the title, Questions and Answers, today on BibleStudyPodcast.org, starting now.
1: serious.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to BibleStudyPodcast.org. Today is Saturday, July the 5th, and I'm your host, Toby Logsdon, and welcome to our question and answer lesson.
1: Boy, you put a lot of thought into the intro today.
0: Yeah, well, after my last semester taking a class in logic, I was ready to make a logical Deduction. So that was a, a deductive argument. Uh, anyway, welcome you guys to org to our question and answer lesson for July of 2008. And welcome to Christina, who's going to be joining us today as you guys probably noticed, we didn't have the question and answer lesson on Wednesday. We had an essentials lesson, and that's because I've gotten a lot of really good feedback from you guys. Apparently, you guys really like these lessons on the essentials, so I didn't want to have to uh, to miss it for two weeks in a row to, to skip over it for the question and answer lessons two weeks in a row. So we're going to be doing them on Saturday, th- today, and next week uh, instead of on Wednesday, just so that we can get that extra uh, lesson in for the essentials. Because really that's fundamental stuff that i do want you guys all to get so anyway uh again welcome christina and what's our first question today
1: okay our first question today comes from joe joe writes quick question what do you think of the lakeland revival is it a true revival also can i have your comments on the kansas city prophets thank you so much for your podcasts. i am really into christian apologetics after finding your podcast i appreciate your grace and tone when you answer people's questions
0: Well, thank you for your question, Joe, and uh, I will try to be as graceful and gentle with this question as I possibly can be. Uh, We actually don't get many questions about things like this uh, or movements like this, so uh, I definitely want to be able to answer this question for sure this month in order that all of our listeners can, if if nothing else, uh, be aware of what's going on with this uh, Lakeland movement down in Florida, and to maybe have a response to give to any of their friends or family members who may ask about it. So, uh, Joe, as you're probably aware, the person heading up the uh, Lakeland revival down in Florida is a guy by the name of Todd Bentley, and he actually has connections to the Kansas City prophets, which you asked about, and which uh, which were false prophets by the way. um, And and maybe that gives you a a hint as to what my answer here is going to be. So let's start off by discussing a few of the problems with the Kansas City false prophets and see how they came to influence Todd Bentley or or how they play a role in my answer about uh, Todd Bentley and the Lakeland Revival Movement. Um, Anyway, um, three of the main guys involved in the Kansas City false prophets were uh, guys by the name of Paul Kane, Mike Bickle, And Bob Jones, which is not the same Bob Jones uh, as is associated with Bob Jones University in South Carolina. It's a different Bob Jones altogether. But anyway, Bob Jones writes uh, in, in his book called Visions and Revelations that these guys had a meeting... And that, quote, there was a tremendous surge of electrical power that caused the circuits to be blown and the alarm system to go off. And then Bob Jones uh, attributes this power to being, quote, struck by lightning bolt where a ball of fire danced all over the basement. From that time forth, my hands worked funny. A lot of people have got healed by it too, and miracles and everything else, and got anointed by it. Anytime God is going to start a fire, he starts it with lightning. You can take a little of that fire and impart it wherever it is needed, and God will start a fire, end quote. Anyway, this, uh, this group of false prophets started asserting that God was restoring the position of prophet uh, among his people, and you know if if you uh, you know read through what I just read you guys or, or listen to what I just read you guys that 's how they say it all started uh, was by this lightning coming into their meeting uh, but according to Bob Jones, the prophecies uh, that these people were making were only about sixty five percent accurate, and that some of the prophets were as low as ten percent accurate, and that's by his own account. Well, that right there is enough to reveal that this group was was definitely not biblical. They weren't following biblical guidelines, because a true prophet, by biblical standards, has a 100% success rate. Anything less than that, and the Old Testament prescribed that the punishment must be death by stoning the false prophet. Uh, In order for a, a prophet to be true, First of all, what they say must come true, and secondly, if they do not uh, point to God, if their prophecies don't point to God, then they are a false prophet. So there are two criteria, and that's basically what they are, and these guys certainly were not hitting the the first one, that the prediction or the prophecy must come true. But anyway, one of the trademark teachings of the Kansas City false prophets was their claim to have been able to physically, or or in their spirit, uh, visit heaven and other spiritual realms according to Bob Jones he actually saw Jesus in the spiritual realm and he what he saw was Jesus kissing both men and women and absorbing them into his body well you know this is nothing resembling anything we find in scripture at all clearly this this doesn't fit with scripture So uh, let's fast forward to Todd Bentley and and see how this all ties into Todd Bentley. First of all, uh, Bentley views Bob Jones, in his own words, as a senior prophet. Well, what exactly is a senior prophet? I mean, that's not even a title or designation that we find in scripture. So the fact that Todd Bentley views a notorious uh, false prophet as a senior prophet should be enough to make us a little bit skeptical of Todd Bentley in general. Uh, But to justify his theology, and and he follows right along with the Kansas City false prophets, uh, but to justify it, to justify his beliefs, Bentley presents an argument like this. He says, uh, if God is the same today, then why can't he visit me like he visited Abraham? If he's the same today, why can't he visit me like he visited Daniel? Why can't he visit me like he visited John? Why can't he visit me like he visited Isaiah? How about Ezekiel? Yes, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that makes what's available in Bible Days, available today. End quote. Uh, well, you know, if you just read between the lines here, we see that Bentley is actually claiming that God is still making special revelation. And, of course, when I refer to special revelation, I'm referring to the Bible. The Bible is uh, special revelation and, you know, when you look at the world and creation and all of that, that's called uh, general revelation. But, uh, you know, what Bentley's doing here is claiming that God is, is still continuing to make special revelation. But, the canons of Scripture are closed. The age of special revelation was completed uh, at the end of the first century, when all of the eyewitnesses of Christ's ministry had passed away. But uh, perhaps most disturbing, however, is uh, is Bentley's claim of having this angelic spirit guide that he used to refer to as Emma. And it's sad that people have, you know, fallen for this story because it actually keeps changing on Bentley's website. At one time, he identified this angelic figure as being named Emma, but he's edited that out of the testimony now. If you're like me, you're thinking, what? He edited out, you know, a significant detail like that? But why do you suppose he would edit out such a significant detail well, you know, I've got some ideas, but first, here's what Bentley himself says about this uh, this Emma character, or this angelic being, straight from Bentley's website. And remember, he has edited out the name Emma. It used to say Emma, and he's edited it out. So this is what it says. He says, quote, Now let me talk about an angelic experience. Twice, Bob Jones asked me if I had seen a particular angel that was in Kansas City in 1980. He asked me as if he expected that this angel was appearing to me. He told me, told me that this angel helped birth and start the whole prophetic movement in Kansas City in the 1980s, as well as helping to nurture the prophetic as it broke out. Within a few weeks of Bob asking me about this angel, I was in a service in Beulah, North Dakota. In the middle of the service, I was in a conversation with Ivan and another person when in walks an angel. As I stared at this angel, I sensed the Lord saying that this was the angel that Bob Jones was speaking about. This angel appeared to be floating a couple inches off off the floor, emitting brilliant light and colors. The angel began walking up and down the aisles of the church, putting gold dust on people. God, what is happening? I asked. The Lord answers, This angel is releasing the gold, which is both the revelation and the financial breakthrough that I am bringing into this church. I want you to prophesy that the angel's appearance is a sign that I am endorsing and releasing a prophetic spirit into the church. End quote. Matt is straight off of Bentley's website. Friends, this is just downright scary, because he's claiming to have seen this angelic spirit which presented a message that is clearly contrary to scripture. Further, according to Bentley's latest book, uh, you know, the angel, you know, it used to be a female, it used to be Emma, but uh, now, according to, to his latest book, now the angel is actually a male. So he originally told this story referring to Emma as a her, but now he refers to the same angelic being as a him. And further, Uh, Bentley claims to have had prophetic visions of a man named Sundar Singh, who was a mystic in India, he wasn't a Christian in India. He was a mystic, and this story, the one about Sundar Singh, uh, was also a story that was edited off of Bentley's personal testimony. Well, why do you suppose that is? But you know, once people uh, once people called him out on it, they actually put that story back up. And this is what Bentley claims about that vision, uh, straight from his website. Again, he says, "quote In a visitation, the glory cloud of revelation descended upon the church. It was also during this time of prayer that God took me." In a vision to what I believe to be the Himalayan mountains, I saw an Indian man with a turban on his head and heard the whisper of the spirit say, This is Sundar Singh. I am releasing anointing of revelation like this. I had no communication with this old saint, nor did he say anything to me. The experience lasted only a moment. End quote. Again, that's straight off of Todd Bentley's website. Uh, friends, Todd Bentley is a false prophet, he is a liar. And he's a heretic. And this is only the tip of the iceberg, what I've covered today. I don't want to take too much time with this, because uh, we do have a couple other questions this month that I want to be able to get to. But, uh, man, I, I just I would strongly, strongly recommend that you just stay away from Todd Bentley. People have forged up counterfeit revivals before. You know, people have been doing it since hundreds of years now. For hundreds of years, you you get these con men who are uh, forging up counterfeit revivals. And Todd Bentley just happens to be the latest one doing it. I would definitely not recommend him. I would not recommend his teachings for anyone, uh, because if anything, it's demonic. It's led by demons, uh, because these teachings by this spirit guide are clearly contrary to scripture. And Paul makes it abundantly clear that if an angel comes with a different message than the Bible, that it is to be accursed, that angel is to be accursed. So uh, thanks for the question, Joe. I hope that answers it. And if you have any questions or uh, need further clarification, you know, by all means, go ahead and send me an email again at cleanslate.ministries at hotmail.com. But God bless you, Joe. Thank you so much for the question. Okay, uh, Christina, what's our next question?
1: Okay, our next question comes from Adrian. Adrian writes, Do you believe that there is life on other planets or worlds? Is there any scriptural backing for or against this argument? I personally believe that there are other forms of life, example like angels, but to think of life like bacteria, plant, animals, etc. existing on other planets is incredible because our own world, Earth, is so unique.
0: Well, thank you for the question, Adrian. And yes, our world is definitely unique. Uh, if you want to do a, an amazing study, do a Google search for fine tuning of the universe, and you know you should be able to come up with some uh, some amazing statistics for how rare Earth is. But uh, let's go ahead and get to this question. You know, I, I take particular interest in questions like these because I have personally witnessed what most people would refer to as. A UFO. Yes, indeed, I have. Three summers ago, actually, I was on a mission in the country of Moldova in Eastern Europe, and on my last night there, uh, several of us were laying out in the yard of the house that we were staying at, watching the meteor shower, which comes every year around August 10th. Well, there were five of us out there in total. There was Mandy and Ruth, who were missionaries from Ireland, uh, Herrbrecht and Danny, who were missionaries from the Netherlands, and myself. So after watching the meteor shower for probably 45 minutes or so, one of the girls pointed out something that looked to be about the size of a meteor, but what it was doing, uh, it, w- it was zigzagging across the sky. And the only words I can use to describe it, or the only thing I can compare it to, um, or its pattern to, would be a heart monitor. It looked like it was just zigzagging like a heart monitor, going up and down, up and down. But it was it was pretty high up. I mean, it, was, it looked like it was, you know, very high up. So it would have been covering several miles uh, in less than a second going one way, and then it would zigzag back the other way, covering just as many miles in less than a second, with no stop or, or no pause, uh, to redirect momentum. So it, it was pretty bizarre, to say the least. And we watched this, uh, we watched it doing this this movement for about four or five minutes. Now, as far as I know, uh, there isn't any technology that can move a flying object so many miles or over such a great amount of space uh, in less than a second, only to have it zigzag back the other way without uh, slowing down or, or you know, losing momentum or gaining momentum going back the other way. So in fact, this would seem to completely defy the laws of physics entirely. Uh, And and I honestly don't know if there is life on any other planet, and the Bible doesn't really say too much about it either. Uh, I wouldn't rule out the possibility a priori, but it would take some pretty serious evidence to convince me uh, that there is life on other planets. I don't think there is, um, but you know there's always that possibility, and I wouldn't rule it out completely. I think it's healthy to have a degree of skepticism about something like this, uh, because the conditions required for life are just extremely specific, and even minor alterations to the the tuning of the Earth, the fine-tuning of the Earth, or our universe, or solar system, uh, would have completely eliminated the possibility of life on Earth, uh, the the reason we're searching for life on other planets, or the reason you know uh, NASA or any other science agency is looking for life on other planets, is basically to prove that evolution is true. That's that's really the the motive behind their actions, and it's primarily the evolutionists who want to find proof of life elsewhere in the universe to substantiate their belief system. Well, our DNA is solid proof of intelligent design, and there are signs of intelligent Intelligent design, you know, that we are literally surrounded with, you know, all the time. And evolutionists actually have to overlook these things because if they acknowledged the intelligent design of uh, humanity or of the world that we live in, they would have to face the reality of creation, which, uh, which you know, necessarily means that there was a creator, which of course means that they are ultimately accountable and responsible to someone other than themselves. And they wouldn't want that now, would they? well uh I don't want to sound paranoid or anything, and I typically don't buy into conspiracy theories or anything like that, but uh, I do have a couple theories about what this might have been that I saw and what you know a lot of the u f o sightings might be uh first of all, let's face it you know the the common citizen just doesn't know what kind of weaponry the top militaries in the world possess. Uh, you know we're fully aware of the stealth bomber, for example, and we have difficulty comprehending or fathoming how it's physically possible to design an aircraft that can do what the stealth bomber can do. But the fact that we're aware of the stealth bomber to me uh makes it clear that you know we have something even greater that something greater than that must uh, must be in our possession so some alleged uFO sightings very well could be the government testing a new uh, aircraft or a weapon, or, you know, what have you. Uh, another possibility is that UFO sightings are actually pranks, or optical illusions. Uh, but I, I think a lot of them are pranks. In fact, there have been a couple of widespread UFO sightings reported in the Phoenix, Arizona area uh, in the past few years, and people actually have video footage of these red lights uh, slowly rising up above the city and just hovering above the city. However, uh, just a month or two ago, someone actually came forward and admitted that they had tied flares to helium-inflated balloons and then let them go so that they would be in, uh, you know, kind of a, a round formation. You know, he was playing tricks with people's heads, you know. This guy had fooled literally thousands of people who otherwise would have had no logical explanation for what they saw because he was letting them go at night. They couldn't see anything except the red, uh, the red flares, so... So anyway, it's possible that when people think that they're seeing an alien spacecraft, they're actually having a joke pulled on them or they're not accurately seeing what is there. It could be an optical illusion, could be you know a number of uh, a number of things that are causing a person not to be able to register exactly what it is that they're seeing. And the final possibility, uh, you know, in my opinion, is that UFOs are actually demonic entities. And uh, I mean, think about it. You know, if demons could physically manifest themselves in formation of a flying object or or whatever, you know, people begin to think that there's life, you know, somewhere else out there. You know, if there's life other than us out there, then maybe evolution is true. Or maybe the aliens are the ones who put us here. And that's actually, you know, some scientists actually think that. If you've seen the movie Expelled, uh, there are some scientists who actually think that aliens may have put us here. But, you know, demons would have nothing to lose and everything to gain, By deceiving people into thinking that they're seeing an alien spacecraft. And if you do some research on people who claim to be abducted by aliens, you know, they they present some pretty compelling testimony, and they say, well, you know, this is what I saw, and then they compare that testimony with something that somebody else saw, and it sounds like, you know, pretty similar stories. But, you know, if you do some research on these people, none of them are born-again believers. And all of them have some type of background in the occult. So it would be no surprise to me if UFOs were actually a manifestation of demonic spirits. And in fact, that's what I believe uh, some of these reported UFO sightings are. You know, the problem with believing that there's life on other planets for me. Uh, is that I believe that Jesus was fully God and fully man, just like the Bible teaches. Jesus died, Jesus was buried, and he was resurrected in the flesh and ascended to the right hand of the Father as flesh. And that's where he is right now, according to the Bible. And when he comes again to establish his kingdom on earth, he'll still be in the flesh then as well. Well, why did the Son of Man, why did Jesus have to come in flesh to begin with, you might ask? Well, it's because in order to reverse the curse of sin, he had to be one of us. To redeem us, he had to be from us. Uh, he's got no connection whatsoever, then, to any alien civilizations. Further, in, uh, in in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, the Bible records Jesus commanding his followers, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all Creation, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So according to this verse, where is all of creation? It's in the world here on earth. Uh, and then again in uh, Colossians chapter one verse twenty-three, Paul refers to the gospel as having been preached to all of creation, which implies that all of creation—that is, all intelligent, uh, morally culpable, creative beings are here on Earth. So, honestly, to believe in life on other planets, I would need some just absolutely overwhelmingly convincing evidence. Again, you know, I wouldn't rule out the possibility completely a priori, and it wouldn't shake my faith if they did find some kind of life, bacteria, or whatever on another planet, but at the same time, it wouldn't prove evolution to me either. So hopefully that uh, that answers your question for you. Uh, this is just my opinion on this one, you know, because the Bible doesn't really say a whole lot about life elsewhere. Um, So, I mean, I guess it's possible. But through my current worldview, I just can't see how that would be possible. And I would need some huge evidence to convince me that there is life out there. So, anyway, God bless you, Adrian. And thank you so much for your question. And actually, uh, we are out of time for today. We've got a a few more questions lined up for this month. And we are going to have to take care of those next Saturday. So, be sure to catch next Saturday's lesson as we do part two of Question and Answers for July. Thank you guys so much for your question. Thank you, Christina, for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. And I will see you guys next time on BibleStudyPodcast.org. Keep growing closer to Jesus. This lesson has been brought to you by BibleStudyPodcast.org, a para ministry of Clean Slate Evangelical Ministries, which is a non listener-supported ministry based in Monroe, North Carolina. While our desire is that your primary giving be done with your local church, if the Lord is leading you to support our ministry, we do depend on your support to keep our ministry going and growing. If you feel the Lord calling you to support our ministry, you can go to BibleStudyPodcast.org and click on support on the right hand side you can make a tax-deductible donation from there by doing so you'll be helping us to reach multitudes of people each and every month from around the world who just like yourself desire to find answers and meaning in scripture we thank you for listening today and we pray that the lord blesses you and draws you closer to him keep growing closer to jesus